Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side Side stories. stories. Yes. Man, I've been watching a lot of Chernobyl. Oh, what happened there? (laughs) (laughs) Is it good? Is the show good? It is a, um, it's a big old whoopsie. What do you mean? What happened over there? Um, a lot of people fucked up and Soviet Union, in their ways, they tried to protect the rest of the world from their failure. Thank you. um, It seems to be. (laughs) Um, and, uh, a lot of innocent people died, but man, radioactive Fucking poisoning is legit. Yeah, bro. It sounds absolutely horrifying. And I I think your teeth, don't your, everything just slowly falls out. Your nails fall out. You just you, die slowly. I want to be the first killed in the blast because you I think better that's be. the best you gotta way be. to go. That is the only like normal way to go because the rest of the time you just turn into soup, Ugh. essentially. <laughs> it breaks down your cellular forms. So you just start weeping. Your skin starts falling apart. You Ugh. blister. And they said the worst part. And I was reading to this afterwards. The worst part is that you get the bur- the surface burns, uh-huh. right? As soon as you first get the lethal dose of radiation poisoning. And then your body normalizes right. for like a day. So there's like a day where you think that maybe you're like, okay. Like maybe you will be like, you, you sort of feel fine. Okay. But then your organs just start falling apart. Uh, from the inside, they say your bone marrow dies. Oh, your yikes. bone marrow dies. Your veins inside of your body split open. That's not to good. You just become a bag of blood to the point where they can't even give you anything for the pain because right. the blood that would need to take to have veins to take the drug to where you like they would just have to sprinkle you with it because <laughs> now that's where your blood is. Your blood is you're just a pool oh, of your own blood. Yeah, it's never good when you're getting medication the same way that you put little sugar, uh, little little sugar cylinders on ice cream. What are those things called? What are you talking about? Sugar, what? sugar cylinders. The way sprinkles. I mean, I don't, sprinkles. sugar sprinkles, Jesus chocolate Christ. sprinkles. I don't Do you freaking have a know. Fucking brain aneurysm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I know sugar also cylinders. I don't what? know. And also, like James Harden in that State Farm commercial, you leave a shadow on the wall. And uh, so everyone will know the exact position you are in right before the bomb explodes or as the, the bomb is exploding, which is very And sad. so nice they took their fucking cute little commercial 
should try to teach people a lesson about radioactive activity, what it does to the human body, mm-hmm. where as a matter of fact, it's actually very serious. That, and if you watch Chernobyl, wow. there's a lot of people crying. This is where you're drawing the line. All but you right. know, also the one thing, my one thing about the Chernobyl show that I will get, like I, my, the shit I will give it, uh-huh. is that it has way too many people altruistically being like. It's like, no, no, don't touch them. They're radioactive. And someone always turns to the nurse being like, well, you're touching them, so I can touch them. And so they go up there and like, oh, they're always wiping the gunk off of these people. And we're like, stop it. Don't touch the gunk. You're like, the gunk's going to kill you. Don't touch the gunk. Well, that should be the name of your first comedy special. Don't touch the gunk. It will be. <laughs> Who wants it? Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? This is Side Stories. I am Benjamin Grant Kissel, BGK, yep. along with Henry Thomas Zabrowski, HTZ. What's HTZ up? the host. What I got. I want to get up? more monogram things. Oh, yeah. I got a monogram bathrobe from way back in the day, and it does make you feel like King Ralph. Remember I, that John Goodman movie? You just feel something about monograms where you're just like, if anyone It's yours. Else, it's mine now. Yes. If someone else wears it, it's officially impostery and they can go to jail. Absolutely. Which I think, should, I think that should happen. That shouldn't be a legal precedent. When I was working with Marty on uh, Wolf of Wall Street, um, you remember Marty. You ever meet Marty? Well, now, the, now meet? the name Marty is associated, associated with that horrible robot. So you're talking yeah. Martin Scorsese, which, by the way, his job can never be taken by a robot. Unless, of course, it is one day and it's totally possible. He's getting older. Yeah. Um. So eventually, I mean, the eye does fade. But he, all of his clothes are monogrammed. Really? Like every, he has an MS belt. He has a belt that says MS. He has a little MS on his jeans. Uh, he wears nothing but Armani denim. Maybe it's just a rec- uh, maybe it's just a reminder of a horrible diagnosis he got from the doctor. Multiple sclerosis. <laughs> multiple. It's sclerosis. his initials. Ah, it's his initials. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's his initials. Dictators and directors. It's dictators and directors that demand everything be monogrammed because they're power hungry maniacs. Because fun to do. I uh, want to. I want to get it for myself. So you go make sure you know your identity. But Martin. Uh, but Mr. Scorsese also did a thing when I did ADR with him. He didn't want to go. Like the ADR studio was like only like three or four blocks from his home. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to leave, so he did it from his home and from within his house. I saw the, <laughs> a little bit of his living room. He wears gold satin pajamas. Oh my god. It's, it's always incredible. nice to go to bed feeling like you're a Werther's original. That's what I like, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, all right, well, we got some fun st- Well, no, fun is not the right word. We got some interesting stories, and we also had a lot of really cool emails sent in to sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com, so keep those coming, and we'll read a few mo- a few of those emails a little bit later on in the absolutely. episode. Also, just a, so- a small note when it comes to shooting the emails, um, no need to first of all thank you so much for all the love like we love so much it's, it's insane so how many people send us 90s nice emails nice notes which you go yes. oh, we'll always take i need always. validation love but it, when love you it. when you send uh, an email to be read we're going to read them so just put them in a little paragraph so we can so we can really chunk it out yeah just so our brains can be like oh i digested that relatively fast and now we can share it with the world so thank you all so much for emailing so we'll get to a couple of uh of listener emails in just a little bit but let's start with our first story here i want to do a rebuttal oh you want we, against oh my a rebuttal goodness. that's right we have a rebuttal I, I i nearly forgot okay now this is this has been something that henry i know you've been stewing on all week i want to thank everyone that we saw in kansas city denver and salt lake city it was incredible the one also thing- can't wait for vancouver 
Can't wait for fucking Kangover. You got to get these tickets. Please come out in Vancouver. I know it's close to Seattle, but just if you're in the Vancouver area, come and see us. Hang out with us. We cannot wait to see you. Um, Kissel Kissel will give you a little kiss if you come to Vancouver. (laughs) If you buy a VIP you ticket, want, this is a guarantee. If you, if you get a VIP ticket, this is true. Ben Kissel will kiss each person that gets a VIP ticket to the Vancouver show. You are literally pimping out the tallest person on the pot. You're just you're you're doing that to me. I'm here. It's, uh, listen, it's a it's a VIP ticket. Yes, but for three hundred dollars, he'll go around the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> You get the full package. Yeah, all right, he's gonna do the double down. He's gonna oh, do a double down. That's what oh, we call it in, on, on my menu for right. my my working girls. Well, speaking of double downs, this rebuttal has KFC uh, in the crosshairs. We've got a little rebuttal to make against KFC's rebuttal about our story. Okay, so last week our hero of the week, right, was a young man from uh, who went to a South African KFC who pretended to be an official yes. from KFC officials or whatever the headquarters. He showed up at a limo, and he'd flash a badge, and he'd go in and get free chicken. Right. Now, it has been said that it is a hoax. It's right? been said. But I want to I really talk about it for a, a hot second. Okay. Because, okay, the story comes out. It, it was it was originally reported mm-hmm. by a newspaper called Daily Active Kenya. Okay, and it reported this- on May thirteenth that twenty seven year old college student from Durban had tricked KFC restaurants into giving him food. He would allegedly pull up to the restaurants at a limousine, right. flash a card designating him from the head office, and ask to sample food for quality control. Now, the outlet <laughs> has also claimed that the student had been arrested, but not being before, but, but eventually, but like, but many people on Twitter and us. Called him a legend. We said that this guy was fucking hero. But then KFC South Africa issued a tweet saying, which is very interesting. I like their little cute fucking response. Okay. Which is, it would be legendary if only it were true. Which is what they said, right? KFC South Africa, the official tweet was, fake is as good as this story gets. As legendary as it would be, we can confirm that this is false. We haven't kept the secret recipe secret for this long, only to be duped by a student Winky face. Uh-oh. Now, I think what we're seeing here okay. is classic cover-up behavior. Really? Belittling the situation, uh-huh. acting as if you're on their side, and you wish it were true. <laughs> oh, you wish. KFC wishes they were true because, right. oh, wouldn't that be, quote-unquote, epic AF? Isn't that what the kids are saying? Wouldn't that be lit, Bible? Oh yeah, I can see there. They got the forty-five-year-old man there dressed in a little teen shirt with his fucking little baby shorts on, acting like a little girl. I know what he's trying to do. Oh, I know my. what he's trying to fucking say. Yeah, These social big... media quote unquote yeah. officers. Did you go to fucking boot camp yeah. to be a social media officer, Mister KFC is. South Africa? Well, so very interesting. And Henry, I think I think that they are lying. Here. I, I think, think they are trying to cover up how easy it is to insinuate yourself. And to the back offices of the KFC. They want to yeah. act like the KFC, that each KFC, no matter where it is, is like the fucking Pentagon. Right. Well, I tell you what, I don't think so, because I could show up in a Colonel Sanders outfit and I'll at least get 10 to 12 chefs and customers at a restaurant to sit on my knee and take pictures with me before anybody realizes I'm just some kind of southern pervert. Right. Well, they might think you're Daryl Hammond, uh, who was the colonel for See? a little while. So, you know, I know maybe for the sake of better radio, I should say, 
point counterpoint, but I'm just going to do this. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Henry. <laughs> I think they, KFC realized they have a huge security breach. This yeah. is embarrassing. It's a big time blemish. Uh, this is like when that one it's dude ran. It's it's a blemish. It's like when that one dude ran into the White House and security and the Secret Service was just like, huh. What? Yep. I think that KFC realized there's a massive blind spot in hiding their secrets, and the word is now out. If you want to dupe KFC employees, it's just as easy as flashing a lanyard, having confidence, going back to where they're making the sandwiches, and asking for a taste test. But now we now we got a shift. So now what I'd say, you'd have to even go as far as to get a full degree from the KFC chicken school. And I don't know if that's, they even have that. <laughs> I'm not, they, they probably do, actually. I'm going to look that up. I know if McDonald's we have a does. listener, I want to find a listener who has the, the moral strength to go through KFC chicken school. They, they go to their wing university. I don't want you to go through the system. I want you to come out the other end and be our mole and find out, number one, What's that secret recipe? All right, because now the game's on, KFC. Honestly, the, the old, game's on because the, if you all oh, you're so you're worried about your precious recipe being stolen. Uh-huh. Ooh, you you're like a sieve, and we're like a bunch of wet spaghetti. <laughs> it's gonna slide in there. We're setting our army. Well, we're setting our army, KFC. This is wet spaghetti stick, isn't that the whole point? I have. Anyway, the only thing that I was able to find on KFC when it comes to KFC University, this is really a disgusting story. Uh, I'm just going to read the headline. KFC offers college tuition money for a baby that was named Colonel Sanders. So this poor kid has to go through life named Colonel Sanders. Maybe we should have more affordable education in this country so we don't have to prostitute our child. So be like, I'm going to name my child Wendy. Wendy Thomas. We'll get- How are you so dedicated to KFC? I don't you would, know. You would give your child the name Good of Lord. Colonel Sanders. And again, I'm going to imagine the history of the real Colonel Sanders <sighs> might have been a, a mite problematic. I think that's the term. Oh, yeah. No, he likes the Robert E. Lee statue in South Carolina because of history. History. Not hate. <laughs> It's heritage, buddy. It's I about know. celebrating how they lost. I know. I Of course. We always build monuments to the losers. That's how it works. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Our rebuttal against the rebuttal by KFC. I don't trust him one bit. And that's why Henry will always be a Popeye's guy. I'm Popeye's guy. I know it. I know it. I still will eat KFC, though. Very brave. Hashtag brave. Um, <laughs> all right. Am, Let's I, am see. I am a whore for chicken. I know what you are. <laughs> I know what you're up to. Um, okay. Well, chicken. Do you want to do this story about this college professor speaking of education? Yes. This is a cool story. This, this is, is really a intense. So the, the headline here uh, is one of the strangest cases, a dead professor, a hot tub, and a suicide baffle. Please. So evidently, it was the pre-dawn hours of Sunday morning. They pulled up to this long driveway that led to a cabin surrounded by pines. This was in Milledgeville. Millage? What that? It's M-I-L-L-E-D-G-E-V-I-L-L-E. Milledgeville? 
Milledgeville. Milledgeville. Very bizarre. Okay, so something was wrong. The cops were like, something's crazy here. Three folks, a beloved University uh, Georgia entomology professor, a retired psychologist turned yoga studio owner, which I love that turn in life to be like, I'm a psychologist. You know what? Let's go the yoga route. I think that's honestly a that thing. is you go straight to small business owner. And if you really like yoga, I mean, I when I the hot second I was doing yoga, I could see how you get into it as a lifestyle because it's fun. It makes you feel stretchy. Absolutely. And a car salesman. So this is straight out of like a Tarantino movie. A professor, a yoga studio owner and a car salesman all get together. Uh, and of course, the car salesman recently uh, quit his job. They were gathered near a swimming pool. All three of them were nude, having a little fun. The, the professor, Maureen Shockley, she was 43, was dead, and the two men were ap- apparently trying to revive her with CPR. So the cops roll on this scene. I love this Sunday. cop statement. I love this cop statement. Yes, and, and so they, I, see, they, they, say, they see two naked men trying to resuscitate a naked woman. So if you're a cop, you're like, I'm going to put my detective cap on now. I love this. I love this quote. Now, I don't know how to explain this to people who are not in our business, but when we first arrived at the crime scene— there was just something about it that was not right. <laughs> was it the no clothes and them resuscitating a woman who was dead? And it was just sort of a bizarre, different kind of case. I see. So it could it uh, when you think when you didn't think it could get even stranger, uh, the cops were waiting to interview this guy Clark Handel. He was the former psychologist. No, so this is insane. So he's waiting to be interviewed. Yes, Clark Handel is waiting to be interviewed. Waiting to be interviewed. Interviewed. This is the guy that does the yoga studio. So yes. he should technically be like. Chill. Super chill, super like doing your downward dog. He was not chill. He ended up committing suicide before the cops could interview him. So now we have two bodies. This is like... Obviously, it's not comical at all, but doesn't it... It's sort of reading like, like four rooms... You remember it that does. Movie it does feel like a Co- it feels like a Corn Brothers movie. It feels Cohen. like a Corn Brothers movie. Yeah, it does. So they but they were like they that wasn't even the guy they were really looking at. Right. They were looking at Marcus Lillard, the other guy who was dating Shockley, but he hasn't admitted to playing a role in her death. But now he's facing murder charges. Okay. So, though the 69-year-old owned the home in central Georgia where the professor was found dead, officials have said that his suicide is not an indication of guilt. Instead, they pointed, as as Henry said, to Marcus Lillard, who was 41. So, I got to say this. This 69-year-old who owns the who owns the house and owns the yoga studio, he's hanging out with some pretty young cats, 41 and 43. He must be a pretty hip dude. I mean, honestly, he's. It sounds like he's very much so in shape. This is. It is very. Uh, this is a very confusing case because they called, basically making a big show, saying that they believed that uh, the professor that uh, Marianne Shockley had drowned, mm-hmm. but when they arrived, they found that she was suffering from a head wound, mm. and they believed that she had been dead for much longer than what they had posited. So I'm assuming that we had some drugs at play here. The name of the yoga studio was Good Karma, interestingly enough. And um, so the woman who passed away, the professor, she uh, ran a educational summer program affectionately known as Bug Camp. And her family wrote that in her obituary. Um, apparently, she was deeply passionate about insects and all these kinds of things. And she would treat her students and campers to Chex Mix and featured roasted mealworms or Rice Krispie treats made with freeze-dried tri- crickets. So my thing here is she knows how to survive. She's an outdoorsy type person. This must have been like a full-on assault. Well, 
you'll see this, that we, we don't really know what's happening here. So apparently Lillard, who identified himself as Shockley's boyfriend, he said that he had gone out to the woods for about 15 minutes to gather firewood. Okay. When he returned, he said he had found her passed out in the hot tub. Now, according to an incident report, he claimed that he had pulled her out of the tub hmm. but fell down while he was carrying her. And he said that's how she got the head injury because he slipped in the tile and fucking smacked her head against the ground. Okay. The Heindel, the other guy, he seemed to corroborate the story, claiming that he had been swimming at the far end of the pool while Lillard was busy gathering firewood. As soon as his friend pointed out that Shockley was unresponsive, which he maybe could have known, but we don't know anything about it, they right. pulled her out and they tried to perform CPR on her. They said that she was still breathing faintly. They had chosen to wait 45 minutes before calling for help. But the deputies say that the firewood story doesn't make any sense because right. it had rained heavily that day and there was no chance chance that sodden twigs and branches on the forest floor would have been capable of catching a spark. Interesting. They also say the professor was bleeding heavily from the head injury, and EMTs got the sense that she had been dead for longer than they had been told. To deputies, something seemed odd about the way the two men, who had been friends for several several years, were behaving. So, yeah, the hot tub story doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense if there's a bunch but of But this blood. is really interesting. There's a bunch of weird shit because it, that wasn't even that. There was also there was already a large pile of firewood near the pool, wow. and so the deputies they separated the dudes. Um, they put Lillard in a patrol car. Heindel was still, he was waiting on the front porch. They went to go interview Lillard, and they heard a shotgun blast from inside the house. Yep. So the deputies knocked on the house's front door and called out. For Hendel, just then, he heard a shotgun blast go off inside the house, and that's when he found Hendel dead of a self-inflicted gunshot to the head. This is according to uh, the family. They say, we view this as a terrible incident. We are very sorry for his family. Um, officials don't believe that Hendel played any role in Shockley's death, the Athens Banner Herald reported. Quote, this is pure speculation on my part, but maybe he was embarrassed that this happened at his house. Is that possible that he would just be... This This story is really, really crazy. Um, or maybe he was just like so racked with guilt. So was he racked with guilt because somebody died at his house or was he racked with guilt because he murdered someone and realized he was about to go take the fall for it? That, like, well, it doesn't I think seem that like a normal situation here for this man to off himself. I think that he might have done it and be, but I think embarrassment is actually a huge deal. I think that he realized what was going to happen here. Maybe he did know the truth. Uh-huh. It seems that there could have been some sort of horrible accident. Um, they don't know what's happened. I don't know if there was even n murder because they all knew each other. Right. Uh, Lillard and Heindel had been friends for three or four years. Uh, and Shockley and Lillard were dating for only a couple of months. Now, bef two hours before Heindel called 911. So they waited for two hours. Right. Okay. Lillard had been texting and calling friends asking how to get somebody back to life. Okay, but he they also allegedly queried his friends about whether they knew CPR and beg for help. Okay, I will say, Henry, if you send me a text how to get somebody back to life, um, I'm just gonna say you gotta you gotta muddle a bunch of stuff, whatever you have in your house, muddle together and see if that works. And if not, buddy, you gotta get out of there. You gotta run. I mean, you just gotta leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's yeah. pretty much number one. Uh, like, I don't. I'm not gonna say I'd help you cover up a crime, but I definitely just say like, 
stop texting me. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, yeah. please, hey, that, is the ner- that is the first thing. It's called leaving a bit of an e-paper trail. So You're doing a paper trail here. Please right. stop it. Please stop. Um, it is always so funny that people like Casey Anthony, if they would have just looked at the right freaking account, uh, what was it, the Firefly account, I believe, that she was it on. It didn't matter. She got off with it, so it didn't even matter. She it doesn't did Whatever matter. she did was correct. But she definitely searched the exact thing she wanted to do to her poor child. So in his obituary, the retired psychologist, that's the man who committed suicide, uh, he used to count. He used. They say he helped countless people with their quote private demons, and he would actually go and be a therapist at Georgia's prisons. And later, his private clinical practice said, "quote The loss of a friend on his watch was a burden too great to bear." So he said, "This friend died on my watch. I have got to commit suicide." I don't know. That just seems like uh, again, it seems a, like a lot. A permanent solution to a temporary problem. Although in this case, I do understand we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff here. But how? What a bizarre, bizarre story. And of course, Henry mentioned the body. Uh, the woman was dead for two hours. They lied and said forty-five minutes. Do you think you just lie because you're so over your head? You're just so in shock that you're like, I, I better. We better make it seem as good as possible because it's pretty bad. It looks pretty bad at this point. I think that, you know, obviously my opinion, when you panic, there's a part of you for a hot second that says this isn't real. Right. This is all going to be okay. It's like, have you ever seen somebody really, really, really get hurt? I remember when Lexi, our friend, accidentally fell down the stairs. And it's like this thing where you watch, it's just like slow motion. It is, And you're like, they're also going to mo thing being like, oh, shit. Is this person going to be really, really hurt? Like right. that, that pause. You ever like you've ever really got hurt, and then like, but right before it, like there's that feeling of being like, maybe I'm cool, maybe yeah. I'm okay, and then you're like, oh no, I'm like jacked up. Right. I'm like oh. I'm like fucked up. I think that there's that yeah. hover point where you're like, maybe this is a, maybe she'll be cool. You can go like, wake up, wake yeah. up, you know, and then that doesn't happen, and then you think, hey, we're all smart enough. We could figure our way out around this. This was some sort of accident. Sure. Like, maybe that's what we'll do. Because I don't think that it's straight up just, like, bashed her head in. It sounds like she, the other dude wasn't paying attention and was in the pool. Like, the guy was, like, and the other guy was doing something. Maybe they, maybe they could have been just been having sex with each other. Could and be. everyone was, like, they didn't want to talk about it. And maybe so she fell and hit her head and fell in the water. I don't know. It is extremely possible. Obviously, they were all nude. Um, so, I mean, you can definitely go skinny dipping as well. But maybe they were swinging a little bit having a good time and maybe that was why the professor felt so much embarrassment i or the therapist rather i don't know um either way the sheriff have said it's the strangest case they've ever worked and um yeah what a crazy crazy story indeed and if you've ever been involved as henry was talking about if you've you've ever been involved in a car accident that is your first react you get hit and then you just kind of pat your body and then you're just like like, okay what what's happening like i'm not dead Cool. Am I okay? I don't know. You're like pausing and waiting because it's because it's trauma. You're even if you're doing the crime, and they talk about even serial killers talk about the mm. idea that in many ways murderers are also traveling around in their, with their own PTSD from what they've done. Like yeah. you, you do it, and there's a point in time where you kind of sit. There's a non-reality window, I think, and then it slowly begins 
to seep in what you've done, unless you've jazzed your pants. And once right. you've once you've given yourself yeah. a squirt, you're probably. I mean, that's when you're the, the thinking's pretty clear normally. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why Jeffrey Dahmer, who we cover great. There's a great chapter in our book coming out in February. Cannot wait for you guys to read this book. By the way, pre-order now. If you get a chance, pre-order. I don't it. think they can. I think that they can. I don't know. Well, you know what? Check if you can. If you can pre-order, <laughs> pre-order now. If you can't, wait until you can, and then pre-order it. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, of course, he had uh, to drink to to silence the demons um, because he would constantly wake up. And has uh, we know he was a product killer. He didn't really like to kill. He just wanted the bodies, and that's a conundrum. That then uh, you find yeah, yourself dude. in a pickle. He's um, a bit of a pickle. In a bit of a pickle, and that's why he was had to black out get blackout drunk to kill and also had to continue to be blackout drunk to forget that he killed. So then I just drink to relax. I just drink to sit and watch Chernobyl. Um, and then we, we have a nice time. He's like, like right now we're in the middle of like a really, like we have a really exciting episode coming up this week on last podcast proper. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it, but I'm doing a lot of research late into the night and so fun to have a couple of drinks in there. And you know I mean? Like now I'm just talking about how much I like to drink. (laughs) Talking about well, we'll, helping me. We'll, um, we'll, we'll classify that as our mandatory uncle's corner for, <laughs> for the show. Fly from your grave. Fly from your grave. I, um, I want to talk about, someone wrote us a letter about psychic vampires. Ooh. I want to read from this week's episode about psychic vampires. Really great response. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show and being into it. We fixed the audio issues, all that bullshit. Uh, but I have really, I love psychic vampires. Awesome. Um, and this is a, this is a letter from a listener who goes by S. Ooh. My friend is what she calls a sexual vampire. Uh-oh. Yeah, she does feed off the energy of people, but only of those that she is doing sexual acts with. She drains the energy of a consenting man and comes to understand their truest emotions, becoming full off of it and not needing to eat for at least two days afterwards because oh. there is no feeling of hunger. No, this is not a this is this is energy. No, I love no, I love it. I I know I am not being dirty. I'm not having it. No, dirty you're moment. not. No, of I'm course not. not. No, Never, no, not no. you. No. She no. said she was turned by a man in New York after an intense sexual experience in which she was bitten on the neck and received visions afterwards she felt a difference in presence from people specifically their psychic energy and hungered to get that energy from men oh my and also after this quote-unquote turning she began to have night terrors in which an incubus or ghost would haunt her at night this would include the often reported feeling of having someone sitting on their chest but also the feeling that she was having sex with this unknown entity and that it felt good but horrifying because of its otherworldliness she also told me that after she had had sex the man would be visibly exhausted and weak because of the draining and it seemed to be spiritually controlled by her anything no matter how ridiculous the man would do directly after sex it was asked by her do you do anything now this is not something she gloats about (laughs) honestly she hasn't spoken about it in years because she thinks it's a little crazy for even having these experiences it scares her and she can't find any reasonable excuse for why these strange occurrences have happened and she would probably be angry if she knew I told you guys well but she doesn't listen to murder (laughs) podcasts so we're safe oh 
okay. Well, thank God, because I don't need to have my essence drained. Uh, I think you do, though. I don't. Honestly, I I mean, I get real tired. Of course. Of you know, course. I go. I I don't go right to sleep. I'm a cuddler, and I like to do a lot of post game wrap up. Oh sure, yeah. How was it? Sure the checklist. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm happy. It's that's better than uh, that's better than Triple D or. Um, uh, but those my, experiences, my, I can just imagine being house. that dude. It's so hard because you know you're just hooked up and you thought it'd be cool, but next thing you know, you had sex with a psychic vampire, and now you're dressed as a chicken on the freeway, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what I do, I don't know what it is. I've done a lot know. of weird things. Dur- I've I've committed to a lot of things during sex. You know what I mean? Like in the moment of sex, you could ask a man or a woman. Like for the most part, I would. I, I will speak for men. Is that once the man is inside whatever the hole is at the time, you could really ask a lot. Sure. And get it. Like yeah. you, could, you could get it right then. That's how you get. That's what we need to send well, sex seems... workers at the government. Uh huh. To like... to suck the drain essence I have from a these feeling, pieces of shit. Till I have a weak. feeling there are a number of sex workers already engaged in uh, acts with members of the government. But uh, indeed, they probably know some of our largest secrets. That's what happened with uh, General Petra- uh, Petraeus. That woman is writing a book on him. He ended up having an affair with her, and then he just told her all of the top-secret information of the oh, U.S. Yes, military. <laughs> so oh, yeah. uh, he was forced he was to resign in shame. Yeah, honestly, yeah. man, what are you gonna do? You gonna keep all that a secret? You're not gonna. You know how juicy it's, it gets, sir. And you're sitting there, and you're like, you got all these bombs. You got to drop. That's gonna seal the deal. So you do it. It's kind of important know? to keep it a secret. That's this is why way. I don't work for the Pentagon. Well, that's uh, I'm, I don't either. We we are two chatty Cathys here. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank I like you. gossip. Thank you so much for sharing that story of the sexual vampire. And that actually brings a, another story to light where it's like, I'll briefly mention this because there's a lot to unpack in here. Somebody introduced me the concept of a limbo sexual or limbo queer, which is, uh, I guess to put it simply, I found this from someone sent the th- a thread from a Twitter account. I don't even want to name the Twitter account, but it's from a real Twitter account because I don't want anybody to take this sideways. I just am, I'm, I'm deep. Deeply interested in this. Okay. Limbosexual or limbo queer is a sexual and romantic spiritual attraction towards dead people. Uh huh. They, there's a there's apparently a lot of wide variety of diversity, and apparently they get really really upset if you call them a necrophiliac. Okay. They say it's very harmful and it's a toxic accusation, and it invalidates and it hurts them. But they but now so the sexual so the the um. I suppose Limbo the sexual pleasure. Yes, but the sexual pleasure does come from uh, the undead or the dead. Or it the, is the- this is a further clarifying statement. Okay, I should explain that not all people attracted to dead people are necrophiliacs, and they are not just corpses, and it's discriminatory to assume every limbosexual wants to engage in sex with a dead body. For okay. one, there are ashes too, and spirits and ghosts, and we love the spirits of those who have passed on. Rubbing the cremated ashes of your loved one that you had not known in their life is a great way to connect with that piece of them when they're so far away. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, there no, you no, go. No, no, no. It's a lot. There's a lot of There's these. There's more than that. Okay. There's a dude named Andrew F. Blaze, who's an example of a limosexual. Sadly, her love for the dead, she murdered herself so that she could date her girlfriend. She committed suicide so she could date the ghost that she was dating. All right. Well, don't commit suicide for sexual purposes or for any purposes there, folks. Um, interesting. You never know. People are uh, unique beings, to say the this least. This person straight up says that Phil Spector loved freshly dead flesh. 
Well, that's a problem there. He is and it led to him abusing his wife and killing a woman in his home. Oh, Did you right. know that that was a wig? <laughs> yes, I think we all Did knew you know that, that, was that was a, a wig? wig. Because he's no longer allowed to wear the wig in prison. And he looks like the uh, tall dude from uh, from Rocky Horror Picture Show. He looks like the guy just like, str- it's like Hulk Hogan's just like strings of hair. It but he's is, still keeping up. It's not attractive. Um, all, all it's right. not attractive. Limbo well, they have their own set of pronouns as well. They call themselves die or died or dead or dead self or limb or limber. Um, and there's a bunch of different, there's a lot of rules here, man. It seems like it. You never know what's going to happen. There's a lot of people just, I love ghosts. Yeah, of course. Everyone loves ghosts. I, I can't wait to be a ghost. It's really exciting, I'm sure. Um, All right. Well, sticking in the world of uh, Supernatural, I have one email here that I just want to read a blurb of. This man, he was in the Navy for nine years. Thank you for everything you did. God knows what that nine years was like. But he's like, I finally feel, feel comfortable because I'm about to break up with here with the military. I'm about to get back and just be a civilian. So I'm going to tell you guys this little story. So he says, I got a lot of strange memories. And he says, Says, oh, they feel kind of like a blurry dream. Um, but this one, he swears, he said, this really happened. He says, we used to travel out of distance every couple of weeks and stay for a few days to do exercises. That was around 250 miles from the shore of Ahui. It's O-A-H-U. Ahu? Ahu? I don't Oahu. Know. No, that's... Yeah, that is, it's in Hawaii. O-A-H-U, that's Oahu. Oh, Oahu. Oh, very fun. So they used to travel 250 miles uh, off the shore of Oahu. Um, All I remember from these instances is that I was outside admiring the clear skies and the stars, reflections off the water while listening to the waves. Honestly, that sounds extremely nice, doesn't it? sounds wonderful. So nice. Something I used to love to do. Then he says, I remember seeing a massive black square in the distance that I never would have seen if it hadn't blocked out. Out a large portion of the stars and the horizon. That's all I remember. I don't know how I reacted to it or what I did after. It's real weird, like a complete blank spot in my mind. The bit I can remember is pretty fuzzy, too. I'm pretty sure this happened at least half a dozen times. So this is not the first black triangle kind of black cube. Black cube. cube, This is is really common, isn't it? Well, there's been many sightings of a giant black cube. We received other emails about a black cube. There was also the popular story about a black cube UFO over El Paso in 2015, uh, an online entity. This was Secure Team 10. They basically said a, a about a, a couple hundred people over at 1 p.m. in the afternoon saw a giant jet black cube in the sky. Okay. So the, the things got very windy and the center of some swirling clouds became this black cube. Uh, this is the man snapped the photo. A massive cube-shaped UFO appeared. Now, hmm. I am personally at a loss for words according to one person because this thing is fucking mind-blowing, dude. Sounds like it. No, you do not know what it is. Is it a craft? <laughs> is it an entity from another fucking dimension? Is it a probe sitting here from a higher intelligence in another galaxy? What's this that? This shit's crazy. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a Wendy's hamburger patty. It's the <laughs> world's largest Wendy's hamburger patty in the sky. They did it so they could fit more sandwiches on the grill. Oh, that's amazing. Is that's that right? I don't know. I actually don't know. Also, it's because they don't expand. They, they don't shrink when you put the holes in them. <laughs> 
<laughs> very good. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> very good. Uh, but the uh, they MUFON went ahead and they they believe that the UFO footage what they have, which I'm looking at right here, they believe that it is computer generated and that it is fake. Uh, but that's that actually angers one witness at least, who says all I can say is. It's that I was there, and I saw this thing with my own two eyes. I personally took a picture of it. I hope that my doing this interview can confirm that this did happen. No one is going to tell me different. No. For sure. I'm not going to do it. Catch me outside. No way no, I would there, bother with you. Well, It was very, very interesting. There's that one. I, I want to read some more. Do we want to read some more letters? Sure, we absolutely can. The and then time we, can period. we can do that, and then let's do Hero of the Week, because it also has something to do with aliens. I just thank you so much for the response this week on some of these UFO letters. Here's oh, another UFO letter from a from a uh, so C sent us this this letter. Um, so this is uh, I'm going to read this letter. Uh, I heard your call for U.S. military UFO stories, and I thought I'd share mine. Mm-hmm. I was stationed at Al Uded Air Base in Qatar from 2015 to 2016. I wow. used to guard the munitions, bombs, missiles, and ammo in the edge of the base. Dude, honestly, Undis- that is the scariest thing to guard because imagine. if they do blow it up, it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of bullets flying. On December 25th, 2015, the base had a huge rainstorm, and I had a 12-hour gate shift that freaked me out. Mm. After finishing my dinner, I noticed a humming sound outside my shack. I didn't think anything of it, but it just kept going until I stepped out of my gate shack. I was pretty Mm. familiar with all the aircraft on the base and the noises they made. But I looked around for the aircraft making the noise and couldn't see one. That is until the rain went to a drizzle and the clouds parted a little bit. From what I could see, there were three blue lights above in a triangle pattern with Mm. littler white lights in between. The weird part for me is that the hovering shape didn't match any helicopter I knew, and the sound was different. Wow. I waited, listening to the humming that seemed to have an added low screeching for five minutes, and then I called it into my command. However, as soon as I keyed the radio, it hopped backwards and fell at a 90-degree angle towards Whoa. the ground. I told my command what happened and what I saw, but everything was shuffled away as this wasn't the first time that this had been br- that this has been brought up. Oh, so my Basically, gosh. said people have seen this shit before. That All is... that was done was that an additional gate guard was assigned. Just to, That's to, it. to freak out two people. That's great. Wow, that is so creepy. Thank you so much for standing Disclosure those Disclosure is coming, bro. Disclosure is coming, and people in the military... Um, I think they're on the front lines, man. The military, they know what's going on um, up there in the skies. Lord knows they also know what spacecrafts uh, the U.S. has. I'm sure they also know what other nations have as far as spacecrafts or as far as aircrafts. So they know what normal lights are supposed to look like. So I think those sources are extremely reliable for that reason. Military witnesses are my favorite witnesses. They're these the are best. my these are the people that I truly do understand. There are a lot of these guys, especially pilots. Their jobs are to observe. This is what they do. They 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 are they are the ones that are on the front line seeing mm. these things all the time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there there's something about this. Marcus and I have a broad theory about military and the UFO and UFOs oh, that, that we're right? going to be talking about this week when right. we do this this week's episode. Where we are there, we have a broad theory that I think is interesting. Here's a. Do you want me to hear another UFO story? Let's do one more and then let's do hero of the week. 
I've got a UFO story for when I was in the Navy. I was deployed in an aircraft carrier, I believe in the Arabian Gulf. I was on duty on the bridge one night. My job many times would be the liaison between the lookout's radar operator and the watch officer on the bridge. This particular night, I had a lookout tell me he saw something on the horizon, but he could only see it with the night vision goggles on. Hmm. So he said, I didn't know what it was, but it looked like a rectangular craft with lights across it hovering above the water. I looked at the radar and didn't have anything at its location. I went to tell the watch officer, and he acknowledged the report, but given its distance, it wasn't important. The lookout and I were talking more, and I got and I started getting really excited. Was this chance? Was, was this my chance to see a UFO? Right. I had someone take over the radio because I absolutely had to see this for myself. I ran up to the lookout and looked at the night vision goggles, and sure enough, there it was, out on the horizon. Just hovering. Whoa, it's a UFO. Oh, my God. Why was no one asked? Why was no one as excited as I was? I went back inside, and soon after, the lookout phoned me. Bridge, port, lookout. So that thing just drops into water, and it's gone. Whoa. That That's is, what she wrote. Honestly, yeah. that is awesome. Maybe I should have signed up for the military. Oh, no. I would be dead many, many years ago. If I would have you signed would up for the military, have. I would have signed up in the year 2000. And then oh I would have God. been deployed oh to Iraq God, a few dude. years later. And I would have been like, so what do you all eat here? And then it would have just been a series of different bullets barraging me and my body and my brain. <laughs> so very good. Um, awesome. All right. Well, let's do Hero of the Week. Recordings of number stations. I love listening to them. And it is if can <laughs> Now, this is not just the hero of the week. No, this might this be hero, hero of, of a generation. Of a generation. Okay. Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd. Of course, we love Dan Aykroyd with all of... I, honestly, Dan Aykroyd is just one of my favorite people. And he is leaning in. He says, aliens are here. Not just here. They want to have sex with human women. Okay. Yep. So the Ghostbuster star is convinced aliens are already here. They want to have sex with human women. The actor says he has personally, he has personally seen four UFOs and that most extraterrestrials who pop by Earth are, quote, just tourists coming to look at our beautiful planet. However, <laughs> the star is concerned that some aliens want to harm people and use them as, quote, lab rats. And Dan is convinced that 60% of us already know this is true. So Dan yep. Aykroyd, not just a Ghostbuster, he's also an alien hunter. And he believes there are four different alien races that have already reached Earth. Some are just here to put some sunscreen on their little alien noses and go to the beach like John Candy in uh, in um, uh, Summer Rental. Others are here to use and abuse our women. So the mm. proof going on here, this is what he told uh, a, a local newspaper. He says, the proof is going to start dribbling out. The aliens are interested in your ova your femininity, your reproductive parts, and your DNA. He also says they would love to draw blood and fluid and would love to impregnate a woman and produce a hybrid baby. This is what they are up to. Oh, yeah, buddy. Um, so he's I mean, that's just a standard hybrid, that's a standard hybrid theory. Yep. He does believe that it's happening. There's a lot of people that are talking about it. I am actually 
I'm actually voicing a, uh, doing narration for a documentary about hybrids. Okay. Uh, Alien-human hybrids that will be coming up pretty soon that I can't wait to tell people about. I think it's very, very interesting. I think that the uh, Dan Aykroyd, he knows it because he's been in the world of entertainment. How many of these hybrids are we meeting? Every other supermodel. Yes. Every other supermodel is in a hybrid. And That's he- why they are so skinny. They're so skinny, <laughs> and they got their big cheekbones, and they got the light little it. bones. And that's why I could literally, I could pull the arms and legs off a model I, with just my hands. Well, I don't, I don't recommend it. I'm not trying to attack these models. So Dan Aykroyd on the front lines of alien disclosure. I mean, been, have guy- you ever watched? Have you ever watched Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs? Uh, no, I actually you, have not. Is it on YouTube? You should just do it. It's fucking wonderful. Oh, of course I will. It was on Netflix for many years. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It is great. It's just Dan Aykroyd. It's where he, he, it's where he said he uh, was doing an in, uh, interview series, like a late night show for sci-fi, and that he was shut down by the men in black. Really? He, that he was getting too far. That, that's just what he said. I think he was canceled. Um, but I, I, I do <laughs> well, believe that they were executives, in suits. Studio executives do dress like the men in black. So, yes. you know, maybe with the he weird, was With the something. no lips and all the and the, and the lipstick spread up to the top. Always right. like that. Yeah. So when we think about Dan Aykroyd, Henry, I actually sent you that story being like, he's just living his best life. Are you, are you going to, like, carbon copy what he has done now in his last 30 years of life, or do you want to kind of do something a little bit different? Because he, I will give him credit on this, he he, he has never wavered, and he has never even accepted the criticism. He doesn't give a crap. Why would he? I mean, he's great. That's why I think, I would love Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, I would love to just sit down and just hear them talk about this. I, just, I don't know if they enjoy each other anymore, but oh, I, I do <laughs> think uh, they might They might still joke around. Because like, Dan Aykroyd seems like such a funny guy. we got to get a hold of him. There's got to be a way to figure out a way to, to, to have contact with Dan Aykroyd. I, thi- I think we could do it. Yes. He is... He's the real deal. Like, he, he really is. does believe in it. And yes, would I like my career to be like his? Yes, but you have to make Ghostbusters first. Ah, right. But the problem is, is that he, he, he made his money, and now he's doing exactly what he wants. The same thing with Tom DeLonge. Yep. People ridicule Tom DeLonge, but Tom DeLonge is just living his best life. Why he's not? He's doing the thing that he always wanted to do. I mean, for a while, and now he's putting his money where his mouth is. Dan Aykroyd is, yes, and, and that's why, and everybody roasts him, don't they? And they, they call him a friggin' do. goober. Well, right, well, like we, they they do all this stuff because he's he's actively believes in aliens and shit, and they ridicule him. So the CIA's secret plan to to use their their fucking to all of their mocking to destroy the, uh, the flow of truth is working, isn't it? It it is in many ways, although it does seem like the truth is getting out there. Some may call Dan Aykroyd a goober. But we here on Side Stories with Last Podcast on the left call him Hero of the Week. He's a hero my entire life. <laughs> you got to look up to him. He's a guy that I find, I just find him inspirational. He still loves his beautiful wife. He's a wonderful guy. He's um, got a good, you know, like he's looking, I mean, he's looking okay. He is. He's actually 66 years old. He He's stayed in relatively good shape. And you know what's interesting? I'm happy he's so young. 
I just read yes. that 66. I actually, for some reason, thought he would be in mid-70s at this point. I don't know why I thought he'd be older, too. Yeah, that actually does make me feel better because we got at least a solid, like, we got a solid 10 years oh, where I he can actually so. do stuff. We got, yeah. like, 10 years left with him, and then, then he'll begin his decline. Well, or maybe he'll run for president because it seems like 76 is the new 20. 76 is the new 36 uh, when it comes to running for out, office, I guess. If there was a way for me to never vote for somebody over the age of 65, I would if there, if one if just one of these old people would just stop stop running for president <laughs> just stop I don't want I can't I can't I fucking hate it I hate watching these old people that's age discrimination Mister it's not age discrimination you're too old Bernie Sanders skin is falling off of his fucking skull his skin is just splitting you can't be president if you're falling down in the shower. You gotta be able to stand up. You gotta get the grippy things on the shower floor, get some handlebars in there, oh, you'll be all right. No, that's not what a president should have a, a fucking a handicapped shower. I don't know. That's not true. I honestly believe that they're strong there's strong yes. people that have handicaps that could do that. I think it'd be fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like if you're just so old where you do the thing where like orange juice is too spicy. <laughs> like you're you shouldn't be president. Well, you should also maybe see if you're having a stroke because I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't no, know. I can't have orange juice because of the acid content. Yeah, I, I, I honestly can't either. It really does hurt my tums. Um, all right, everyone. so are we too old? Yes, we are too. The whole yes, we're getting. We're there. not though. Natalie always reminds me we're not old yet, man. Just because you're 37, it's about you fucking. It's yeah, just because you're you're kind of older and you're you know and you got like you got a lot of like we got a lot of rings inside of us like a tree. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We've got 37 rings, each one just like, ooh, if you could just scrape one of those wings, you get fucking drunk oh, and stoned. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I can't even one imagine. One of our layers. My friend, when I was growing up, uh, Jared, he was always like, when I die, make sure you scrape my ashes from my lungs and you smoke that sweet resin. I was like, yeah, bro, we're going to do resin lung hits. But thankfully, he didn't die and he's still alive and he's married to a wonderful person, so... Uh, that's much better. Um, all right. Well, I think that's basically this week's side stories. What do you think, that's Henry? I'm having a great time. Yes. Hell yeah. This is wonderful. As we I love spending time with my friends. Yes, and we love spending um, time with you. And uh, as we, we said, had such a good time again, man. Oh what a God. good tour. I'm so I love so being fun. on tour. Oh, it's so fun. It's ridiculous. It's the best. And Marcus finally let us get pepperoni pizza in the green room. It's for, so nice he let us get us because literally he bothers for three his years. stomach. It bothers his stomach, and then he has to have it. He has his Snickers, because his Snickers <laughs> that he can have for himself that gives him his energy. No, and he's got his water. He needs his water, and yep. then he has his one cider, and he's ready to go. And you, you forgot the key, the five-hour energy drink. Literally, Marcus eats a Snickers, five-hour energy drink, a cider beer, and and just like anyway. But he was getting, We were talking about this stream this week about how like he doesn't eat, but he doesn't eat. I know. He's a freak. He's a great, he like it's not like a, an anorexic thing. No, no. But he only eats half a sandwich. He's, he's like, oh, this is a lot of food. Being like, you, you eat like you're like uh, what's her name? Like Naomi Campbell. Yeah, yeah. But you don't, don't look know. like Naomi Campbell. No, he doesn't look like Naomi Campbell. No, not at all. Uh, although he's in fine shape, from what I understand. Um, I mean, his blood is good. I hope he so. needs some sun. Yes, he needs vitamin D. Insert your own joke there. 
Um, but the doctor did literally say he needs to get outside more because we keep him chained up to the desk. But because he was chained up to a desk for almost two years, our book will be out in February. Cannot wait for you to read it. Also, Vancouver, as we said up top, uh, please come out. There are some, t- there are some tickets available. Uh, come out. We can't wait to hang out in Vancouver with you. We're super excited. Get those tickets, and we will see you very, very soon. Um, Dude. Yeah. I can't wait, man. I remember, man, you got to live this life you do. knowing that some people are not going to be into what you do. No. All right? And you, but you got to do it because you got to live knowing that. Sometimes well, people if, are not going to be a fan. If everyone's into what you do, what is Then you're just McDonald's. You yeah, you're just some piece of shit. Yeah. You're just some fucking mass, mass turned out, like, you know, some corporate... Some Sheldon. corporate you're you're right? a corporate Sheldon. You gotta love what makes some people hate you because that's the thing that makes you you. Yeah. How about that? How about that, Bonmont? All right, and you gotta laugh at the people that dislike what you do. What you do, you gotta laugh sure. at them because they have absolutely no power. They are small. You are huge. Absolutely. Um, and also, if you uh, do give to our Patreon, number one, thank you so much. Uh, number two, we have a great interview this week. Henry and I had a chance to interview the director of Hail Satan. Um, she Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Who, so knowledgeable. It's so cool to see like the reading that she did. It was what a great talk with her and it's also so good. a great documentary yes absolutely so check out the documentary and if you give five bucks a, a month to our patreon check out the interview thank you all so much and again with the patreon you get first dibs on all of the tickets that will know uh, inevitably be going on sale um and you can see us at the live shows we cannot wait again casey denver salt lake city it was so great to see all of you literally th- one of the best three city tours we've ever done all three were just the crowds were so sweet everyone was so cool denver is just so beautiful salt lake city is gorgeous i wish they would legalize it because it looks like a a great city to just go like smoke and look at the mountains and uh and then of course kc uh we had that wonderful barbecue from joe's and it was just it was a delight Mm, god it was good it did make the show a little bit of a struggle well, we were a little... I had meat sweats. I legitimately was sweating on stage, not because of the hot lights, because it was the meat. Um, so, yes, <laughs> anyway, yes, that it happened. Was, it was bad for our bodies, yes. It's, it's, but otherwise, it was a great trip. And I'm really was. excited about Vancouver, um, Seattle, Portland. Oh, we have such... Yes. A, like Portland's such like another home away from home. We can't see our... All right, we got, we got friends up in that shit. Yep. Can't wait to see your fucking asses. And Seattle as well. So... Thank you all for coming out. We can't wait to see you all. And don't forget, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalation. Triple L baby. Triple L baby. Don't, yeah, well. Oh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine, that's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. 
what works for you. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you could do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's, of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs who are looking to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for a creative way to increase revenue and give your family and friends the holiday treats they deserve, then you need to get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. If I needed to give a class on digging holes, I'd do it. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand. Upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills. And tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or you can sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash left.